The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 38 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I will be looking at what has been described as the best playoff weekend in football. We'll also be taking our usual look at the Arrowhead Pride power rankings before looking ahead to yet another AFC Championship game at Arrowhead the only stadium in the NFL history that has hosted four consecutive AFC Championship games. But first... We have all the time in the world Every step of the way. So he feasted on Pittsburgh in those two games. Obama for chasing after Mahomes. He slings it sidearm. Look at that throw. Of the world far behind us. Gonna spin around. Bills are there. Inside. And Prigo is there. What a catch. Touchdown, Kansas City. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, takes the handoff. Oh, somehow they missed him. He dives and he scores. Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? Down the middle. It's Hill in the open. Cuts it up in. He might be gone. Here's Kansas City. Takes the lead with a minute to go. This place is going crazy. 
When you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you have all the time in the world, don't you, mate? 13 seconds, lucky number 13 for the Grim Reaper in what has been described as the best playoff game of all time. But before we go on with the show, Tom, do you have something to say to Chiefs Kingdom? I have prepared a short statement. (laughs) Is this a retirement statement or what? I don't know what I'm more nervous about, this speech or the fact of when I was a, uh, a best man for my brother. Um, that was pretty daunting. Um, I suppose that room had about 200 people in it. This has got a few thousand people listening to this one. So um, we'll have to wait and see, shall we? <laughs> so uh, here we go. Right. Today, on Wednesday, January the 26th, I, Tom Childs, would like to offer my sincerest apologies to the Chiefs Kingdom the Chiefs organisation, and most importantly, Patrick Mahomes. Last week on this platform, I naively picked the Buffalo Bills to beat our Kansas City Chiefs and advance to the AFC Championship game. What makes this even worse is that I then doubled down on a written article for Arrowhead Pride. For whatever reason, I was stupid enough to be reeled in by the ridiculous narrative that the Bills were the most dangerous team in football. By doubting playoff Pat, otherwise known as the Grim Reaper, I displayed a level of disrespect that probably would have warranted a death sentence in medieval times. Now I am here on these metaphorical stocks, waiting for yours and his forgiveness. I'm not a bad man. I'm just a fool. But now I have to walk these streets, knowing that everyone I walk past will be looking at me thinking, there's the guy that picked against Patrick Lavon Mahomes. My apology also extends to my family. I can only begin to imagine how they must feel about me right now. In the famous words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I have failed you. The last thing I need to say before I open the floor to questions is that I promise to do better going forward. Our Lord and Saviour Patrick Mahomes himself always preaches about getting better each and every single day. I promise to follow his lead. Thank you. Was that carefully crafted by your lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that took a lot of guts. That took a lot of guts. Yeah. <laughs> do you realise now your error of your ways? I do. I do. I, I, I repent. I repent. Um, do you know what? I knew I messed up about five minutes into the game. Did you? Really? Yeah. After... Mahomes like went on a few scrambles 
and was basically playing with this over my dead body attitude, which was clearly on display. Yeah. The first thing I thought was, what have I done? Like to quote another Star Wars episode three, Anakin going, what have I done? That's exactly what I thought five minutes into that game, because you could just tell from the off that Mahomes was going to drag this team to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and he pretty much did that. I mean, (laughs) that game, I mean, we are literally, I mean, we are breathless from this this game because it was such a an onslaught of fantastic football on display from both teams. Let's be fair yeah. here. You know, the Bills, they came with a game plan. They knew what they had to do against this Chiefs team, but it still wasn't enough. <laughs> and if you're a Bills fan now, or if even if you're the Bills GM looking ahead now to probably the next season, You've got to be thinking, what do I have to do to beat this Chiefs team that we have? We thought we'd built this team that would beat them, and they already did in the season. Yeah. And they beat them quite convincingly. And it looked as though the Chiefs were very much dead to rights. But as you said in that, like, that long apology, playoff pack seems to be the one that just helps cl- keep things clicking in this team. And I just, I just cannot believe I witnessed that game the way it went on. Um, right. I mean, we'll get to the 13 second thing in a minute, but literally the, 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 the class of football in, that was on display here. Um, yeah. I know we completely poo pooed the, uh, the wildcard playoff and quite rightly so it was, you yeah. know, it, it clearly wasn't up to scratch, was it? But this, this round here was probably one of the best, well, it is the best round for me. I know that yeah. they, you know they got the championship, and that is obviously really good in itself. But this can throw up all sorts of surprises. The divisional round, and- divisional round weekend always delivers. Oh, I've, I, I've said this every single year that I maintain that divisional round weekend is the best weekend in all of sport mm-hmm. because you know that the eight teams that are there fully deserve to be there. You know that three out of the four games are normally going to be good. This one just produced four games which were very different in their own rights, yeah, but were of extreme high quality. Like yeah. across the board, like we sat there, we watched the, the Rams and the Bucks together. There was a few of us on a Zoom call. We watched yeah. that game. And we didn't think that the Chiefs and Bills could live up to that that Bucks and Rams game because it it had the comeback on on Friday, on Saturday rather with the Titans and the Bengals. We had this game, which was a bit to and fro in like the the Bengals defense was keeping uh, them in the game. The Titans defense was keeping them in the game. It was, it was a good game. And then on Saturday evening, you had this Packers 49ers game where the weather was affecting it so much that no one wanted to go on and win the game. And then you have the ultimate choke job. Then you get to the Rams Bucks and you've got the comeback, the Tom Brady element into it. And you're thinking, is Tom Brady going to do this again? So you already had three really different types of ball games being played on Sunday, on Saturday and Sunday. And the only thing that wasn't on display across those three games was extremely high quality offense. And that's what the Bills and Chiefs were promising in the build-up. That's what we all expected to happen. Yeah. But I don't think we any of us thought it could be as good as it was. Like there wasn't a single turnover in this yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. A single turnover. Like it was offensive p- 
perfection. It was quarterback perfection. Josh Allen could not do any more to win his team the game. The problem that he had, he was playing a quarterback that just doesn't know how to lose in the playoffs, it seems, at home. Like, it's been, what, three years since he last lost a playoff game at Arrowhead? And we've won countless games since then. We've lost, we've won games where we were 24 nil down. We've won games where we were 10 nil down. Mm-hmm. That deficit didn't worry Patrick Mahomes at any point. The time certainly didn't worry him. The Bills done everything they could, but we had the Pat factor. And yeah. it was just the Grim Reaper factor. And it was just it like, I, I'm lost for words, mate. Like I am. Yeah. This, this game was just, it was perfection. It was the best game I've ever watched. It Not really was. Without a shadow um, of a doubt, mate. I've seen a lot of good games in my time. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have watched a hell of a lot of good games. I cannot remember a game like this where the the roller coaster of emotions was coupled with high quality. Like we had the Chiefs and Rams games a few years ago, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of turnovers in that game. It this game good. just didn't have it. It was just perfection the whole way through. And obviously it helps that we kind of got the uh, the result that we wanted as well. I'm sure we we looking looking at it slightly different had uh, we not had that 13 second comeback, you know. Well, yeah, there, there is a road tinted spectacles there, I think, to yeah. you know, element to it, I suppose. But um, I mean, not to go on about the bills too much because you know, um, they were the uh, the opposition at the end of the day, but fair play to those guys. They they really did they I think they actually thought that they were gonna do this I, th- I think that was the belief in it um but the, but the bills have become a very very scary team they have mm-hmm. and 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 seeing that was just on display there that they, they are electric it was like it was a mirror image of the chiefs it was chiefs versus chiefs it was captain america versus captain america that's what it was like that's what it felt like in this game that we were watching two high class high caliber teams going at it toe to toe and only a coin flip and overtime just changing everything. That's all that could separate them. That's yeah. all that they could separate them. And it's that fine line. And it's those kind of games that you will always remember. Yeah, okay, we're going to remember it more than what the Bills will. But um, Do you think so? It, well, I I, yeah. If, if the Bills never get over the hump, they're going to remember this game for the rest of their lives. Yeah. If Mahomes goes on to win four, five, six Super Bowls, Yes, we're going to have extremely fond memories of this game, but it's not going to be the highlight of our, our Mahomes career, is it? The Super Bowl wins are going to be that. If if this is the closest that Josh Allen and the Bills ever get, they are never going to forget this. Like I still think about Wayne Bridge scoring a goal against Arsenal in the quarterfinals of the Champions League in 2004. Yeah. Arsenal were by far and away the best team in Europe at that point. They were they were when unbeaten in the Premier League, they were just killing all opposition, and then somehow against Chelsea in the second leg of the Champions League semi final, they managed to mess it up. They just were bad for one particular game. Wainbridge scored a goal that sent Chelsea through, that knocked Arsenal out, and then Porto, Jose Mourinho's Porto, went on to win the Champions League. Like, mm. come on, Arsenal would have destroyed Porto in a single game, or so you'd think that would have happened anyway. And I still think about that now. Never mind the the Champions League final loss in 2006. I still think the 2004 team hurts me more because that was the better team. That was the team that was the best at that time. And that's what the Bills are going to feel like if they don't 
get over the hump. They're going to continuously look back at those 13 seconds thinking, why didn't they squib kick it? Why didn't they put any coverage underneath? Why didn't they get hands on any of the Chiefs receivers? Why didn't they try to break up anything? Why didn't they let Patrick Mahomes have it so easy? Like, come on, that's what they're thinking. And they're going to think that for the rest of their days unless they get over the hump. So I disagree with you on that. I think Bills fans will remember this game a lot more than we will. Do you think that will add to the armour next time, you think, for next season? What, to theirs? To theirs, to actually think they've got to keep that hunger going and keep that fight alive. Or do you think this has actually blown the, the blown their kind of air out of out of their sails moving on from this? How do you, how That's do a they tough one because they, they played a perfect game for 59 minutes and 57 seconds. Mm. Yeah, the Chiefs got theirs. They did. It's fine. They, it is what it is. But offensively, the Bills were perfect, more or less, yeah. for that amount of time. And that's going to be really hard for them to replicate. It's not like the Chiefs in 2018. Yeah, we can blame D Ford for the reason why they didn't make the Super Bowl that year. But let's not forget that the Chiefs absolutely sucked for the first half of that game against the Patriots. Yeah, they, they were terrible for that first half. The Chiefs only played a half of good football against the Patriots. The Bills played 59 minutes and 57 seconds of good football. Like, how do they put themselves in a position next year to try and better that? Like, if you told them that they would have, like, one bad series across the whole game, they'd be like, well, we're going to win this game. But it wasn't. It wasn't enough. 13 seconds was the difference between the Bills going to the championship game and being knocked out. That's all it was. I don't know how you can improve on that. They've got no, their cap spaces. They're going to be worse problems with us with cap space. They haven't got as much young, young talent on defense and certainly haven't got as many weapons on offense as us so they're going to come back potentially a worse team especially when they lose their OC Brian Dable he might be going to the Giants yeah. so the Bills are, aren't going to come back a better team I just don't see how they can where I do believe that the Chiefs can still continuously get better mm-hmm. there are holes in the Chiefs team and there is room for improvement but the Chiefs are going to have cap space they're going to have multiple draft picks to throw at this so the wiggle room for the Chiefs to move up and down it's a little bit more than the Bills. So it's potentially, we did mention last week how damaging it could be for the Bills if they lost this game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just think like, don't, they're not they're not assuming to be back in this position next year again, like potentially with to be this close to the AFC Championship game. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in the AFC and like, I don't know, it's it's damaging. I'm yeah. not I'm gonna stop waffling because I'm waffling now a little bit, but it's damaging for the Bills. A lot very, very they've much thrown so. a lot at this. They really have. They have really thrown a lot at this team um to, like you said, get over that hump. And we saw it a lot really with like we were saying before about the, the, the Chiefs team. You know, we've we've got to the, that point, didn't we, where it was like, How are we gonna get over this hump? And twenty eighteen mm. was clearly one of those things. You know, the, there's there's a team there that we've got to look at now moving forward that we've got to try and beat or try, yeah. at least be going toe to toe with them. Um and we eventually got over that, but it's how the Bills are going to look at this moving forward now. And it, it could take the sales out of them or it could actually just feed them up a little bit more just to go, do you know what? We've got to do this this time. We were yeah. so close last time. And it might just be another, another one of the, you know, the chief, the chief scenario, just mm. getting over that hump finally. You know. So is Alan the rival? Because we've seen over the last few weeks that, uh, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, obviously Lamar Jackson earlier in the season in the last yeah. couple of years. Is Josh Allen the one? 
I would say so, yes. Just looking at, at how he plays, he's very Mahomes-esque. That's how I would I would look at it. He's 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 pretty quick on his feet. He's got a a, a killer arm. He really has a yeah. killer arm. I mean, there was there was one of the players where I think uh, it was after Hardman and Hardman's touchdown. I went and went to have had a drink, came back, and I was like, "Have I missed a touchdown?" It was that yeah. one that you know that they went yeah. long on, didn't they, to uh, Davis? Yeah. And uh, when I saw the replay back, I thought, "My God, that that's very much like a Mahomes style kind of play." It was like, just hit yeah. back straight away. And I hope it is. I hope it is going to be a rivalry. To be honest, because I think if we get more games like that moving forward, mm-hmm. it's just going to be beautiful to watch. Two yes and no. I don't know. I I'm kind of not on that way of thinking. I I've always believed that I've wanted it to be as easy as possible. Like that's 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 been the like the good thing for Tom Brady in the AFC. Like over the years, yeah. you had the Manning factor. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there weren't too many great AFC quarterbacks. Yeah, you could talk about Ben Roethlisberger, but really Philip Rivers maybe. But there wasn't like too many top tier AFC quarterbacks other than Peyton Manning. So if he got over Manning, he kind of knew that he had one step in the Super Bowl, yeah. where one foot in the Super Bowl rather. Where if you get over Herbert, like the Chiefs did a few weeks ago, they still got to play Allen. We get over Allen, we still got to play Burrow. Mm. And just to get to the Super Bowl, and so I'm, I'm, I, I don't want it to be the case, but I do think it, it is the case. If I had to rank the quarterbacks we mentioned in terms of, I suppose my own fear factor of them, mm. I would probably put Josh Allen at the top, and then Justin Herbert, um, Joe Burrow, and, um, and then Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you, you could probably you could probably switch the bottom three how you want. Obviously, Lamar Jackson offers something completely different to the rest of the quarterbacks, mm. but the point is that on their day, unless the other one is perfect, they're all capable of beating each other. And that to me just smells too much of a coin flip when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, we can talk about playoff Pat and I will never doubt playoff Pat ever again after what what happened last week. But there's always that what if factor. And when you've got such high quality opposition, if you're not up to scratch, you're going home. Mm. And that worries me going forward in the AFC. Obviously, we only have to worry about one more time this year with Joe Burrow. Mm. But going forward in years to come, with those five particular quarterbacks all destined to play each other each and every postseason, it's certainly an, uh, a concern of mine. It, it's certainly hotting up with those those four or five quarterbacks and that we've just mentioned mm-hmm. there that this is very much the future of the NFL, very much the future of the AFC. Yeah. Um, and... I'm actually really excited about it, but like I know I can understand where you're coming from. Though you, you're just thinking we, we're in a Mahomes era. We don't want anything else, kind of smudging that. No. We want to make sure that Mahomes gets everything and and wins everything and becomes the, the the greatest player ever to have lived. But he's now got some competition here. I'm not going to say that they're better than Mahomes. I can't. No. I can never say that. But no, and I don't believe that for one second either. But on the day. If they if they get that that lucky break, a lucky coin flip, or anything like that, it could kind of muddy the waters a little bit. For sure. Forward. Um, and I, I kind of get that with you, what you're saying there. Um let's, let's talk about some of the points of the game as well, because um the Chiefs were facing uh, a Bills defense that was one of the best defenses around this year. And they were the best third down defense on this as well. And I don't think much has been said about Mahomes and third downs because 
I, I've I've said I've mentioned it a few times about uh, you know death taxes and Mahomes on third downs. I just believe in the guy so much that Mahomes can get it done. Whatever the yardage is that he has to get on third down, he will find a way to get it. And mm-hmm. the Bills, yeah, they can boast that they had the best third down defense, but Mahomes running to that pylon, I still don't know how he got there. No, I still have no idea. And I, I was actually worried that he was going to do a Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I thought, oh God, please don't fumble it in the back. Please, please yeah. don't fumble it in the back of the end zone. Same um, with McCall Hardman as well. I thought yeah, McCall, because McCall Hardman had a similar sort of uh, touchdown, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the touchdown he scored against the Colts uh, in the 2018 playoffs, the first, yeah. his first postseason win. He scored a rushing touchdown in that game as well. Obviously, he was a bit more secure with the football, two hands on that yeah. on that particular day. But they were struggling a little bit offensively in that game to, to get the ball uh, into the end zone via the pass. And again, it was Mahomes' legs that got 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 them into the end zone. And this was a theme on Sunday. Mm. It was obvious from the start that Patrick Mahomes knew that there were going to be rushing lanes for him. As mm. soon as he could be escape the pocket, everyone had their back turns or they were playing zone and they were occupied by Chiefs wide receivers. So the holes were there for Mahomes. And yeah. he probably doesn't run enough because he's he's a sneaky good runner. Patrick Mahomes. Like I saw something a couple of weeks ago and it did make me laugh. It was like Patrick Mahomes' 40 time is quicker than whoever is chasing after him. That's his 40. <laughs> he doesn't have an official time, but that's his 40 time. Yeah. And it's true. Like you're watching him run the ball and he's got wheels. He's yeah. not lightning. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen even. He's not Alex he's Smith. Cert- He's not Alex Smith, but he's certainly quick enough. And isn't it funny how he loses the funny little run when he's actually running with the football? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that funny little kind of wiggle he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got a little wiggle when he's running (laughs) casually, but when he wants to run properly, there's a bit more urgency and he looks a bit more like (laughs) beep beep. Um, But, you know, I want to see him running the football more because it would just give the the opposing defenses just something else to think about. Like, imagine you've got all of these weapons to deal with. You've got the fact that Patrick Mahomes with his arm is deadly. And then you've got him being deadly with his legs as well. Mm. Like, how do you, like, was it 450 yards he went for personally? Yeah. Rushing and rushing and passing on Sunday. How, how do you account for that? Like, if you're the Bengals and you know that that's a threat of his, potentially 70, 80 yards on the ground. Well, how do you plan for that? You can't spy him because you can't afford to lose a defender in coverage to spy him. You you spy him, that's it. It's game over in terms of covering receivers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what's the answer to covering a scrambling Patrick Mahomes? I just hope that the Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick himself are sitting down this week and going, well, that really works. Let's, let's do it again this week. Let's keep the chains moving the whole time. If we get to third and long, if it's not there straight away, bail on the pocket and run for the first down. It's like, if you have to turn into Lamar Jackson for a game, then who cares Yeah, if, if, if you get the win? Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the, you know, the the kind of deep coverage that they were doing a lot of this. A lot mm-hmm. of teams have been doing, haven't they? Sending for yeah. deep coverage. Um, and it's almost like the people were saying that that's his kryptonite. That's it now. We've, we've seen Mahomes' best years behind him. But like you were saying, if they're sending four and they're sitting in deep coverage, there's a massive, massive gap in the middle of the field there mm-hmm. that you can just go, thanks very much. I mean, he's got the all-line to do it as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he, like you said, he can, he's got the wheels. He can get in, into that, uh, that, that kind of central part of the field mm-hmm. where everybody else is bothered about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and whoever. And he's got that, he's got that mobility that, that can get him third down, second downs, whatever, you know, 
it's it's brilliant to see. I mean, it's really good to see, and it, and and that's been the pleasure this year for me is seeing how Reed and Mahomes and the Chiefs have been working out how to really combat this this blueprint and 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 find a way of of ensuring that they can overcome that and give something else for de- defenses to think about. It's been a real good kind of cat and mouse battle. Yeah that we've seen it was successful at the beginning, but it's really changing a little bit now where teams are going, right, okay, that blueprint's out. What's the next blueprint that we that we managed yeah. to stop the Chiefs with? Well, Mahomes over the last five or six games has just been outrageous. Oh, and like, I worried after they played the, the Raiders for the second time, I think it was, I was worried that they weren't truly back because they only done it against the Raiders. And yeah. then they done it against the Chargers. And I was thinking, okay, well, they've, the Chargers are a, a divisional opponent, so we kind of have their number a little bit. Mm. So I was worried that we wouldn't be able to carry this on into the postseason, this like offensive renaissance. Yeah. And I was wrong. Something else I was wrong about. They, like, they have managed to carry this through to the postseason and hopefully beyond into next season as well. The cover two shell, as you mentioned, the kryptonite of the Chiefs yeah. uh, offense is no longer a problem. Yeah, the Chiefs don't get the shots they want, but I don't think they attempted a pass over 20 yards, air yards <laughs> on Sunday. But it doesn't matter because he's get, becoming so good at the short to intermediate stuff. Now, now he's getting to his checkdowns much earlier now. He's getting to finding Kelsey in those spaces between the second and third level of the defence. Byron Pringle's becoming more involved. McCole Hardman has been very, very good the last few weeks as well. And we're seeing this evolution of Mahomes, this more patient, this more savvy Patrick Mahomes. And now we've got a guy that is already smart, but extremely smart, patient, and an all-world arm. Like this, by really, if we're being honest, this, this slump that we had, this five, six-week offensive slump that we had in end of September through October has really paid dividends for the Chiefs long-term yeah. because they suffered short-term and they did suffer short-term. But here we are, January 26th, we're in the exact position we wanted to be anyway, hosting AFC Championship game. And we've got a quarterback that is now better than he ever has been. Yeah, And so, like, well done. Pat on the back, uh, NFL defences, for playing cover two and... <laughs> For rushing for you by you've successfully made Patrick Mahomes an even scarier proposition. Well done. <laughs> yeah, you've you've made him better. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, NFL defensive coordinators. We love you so much. You've given him something that he's not seen before, and he's found a way. No, I'm not seen before. Just constant. It, uh, let's not let, let's not act like he didn't play cover two in his first three four he, seasons. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. He, he saw he saw it a number of times. It's just that for whatever reason, at the start of this year, it wasn't. It just wasn't working. Execution wasn't working. There was something that weren't working, and the Chiefs they just figured it out. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to bring up is uh, the guy that nobody was talking about in this this entire game. Um, Gabriel Davis, four touchdowns on the night. Do you mean the the guy that no one was talking about before the game? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, before okay, the game. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was talking about him on the night. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, on the, yeah, on the night. Tony yeah. Romo and Jim Nance couldn't get enough of him. Like, well, there was a reason no one was talking about Gabriel Davis. It would be like a Bills podcast yeah. sitting there going, oh, do you know what? 
They've got Kelsey. They've got uh, Tyreek Hill. They've got Patrick Mahomes. But do you know who I'm really worried about? <laughs> the Marcus Robinson. Like, he could be the X factor. That's essentially what you're saying here. Yeah. You're wondering why we didn't sit here last week and talk about Gabriel Davis. Well, because they've got Josh Allen. Yeah. Because they've got Stefan Diggs. That's the reason why we weren't talking about Gabriel yeah. Davis. The thing was, the, 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 his particular performance was, he was excellent because the Chiefs were so damn good on Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know Stefan Diggs, Diggs was playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until the, I think it was the two-point conversion he caught, wasn't it? Like, yeah. He had nothing all game. Yeah. I think even Emmanuel Sanders even outgained him. Yeah. But Gabriel Davis, he was going against, what, Mike Hughes? Uh, DeAndre Baker, mm. and he just ate them alive. Some of those routes he ran, that that one where he put Mike Hughes on his ass, oh, was yeah. one of the best routes I have ever seen in my life. It was a little like, shimmy to, before he went, didn't he? Uh, I, I I felt bad for like going ah, oh! <laughs> <I was> watching <laughs> because it's just like the instant reaction. Like whenever you watch basketball and you see someone like cross over someone and they break their ankles, you just yeah. can't help but like oh. take the mick out of the guy on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of doing that to Mike Hughes inadvertently. I just saw him go down. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, sorry. That made me a bad Chiefs fan. But Gabe Davis, he was just phenomenal on he Sunday. Was, he was. 204 yards, four touchdowns, one of the greatest uh, receiving performances of all time in the postseason. I think I think maybe it might even be the best uh, receiving performance of all time in terms of stats. So fair play to him. He might get himself a, a better contract over the offseason because of it. I hated every minute of watching him. <laughs> I really did. So I was thinking, is anybody going to watch that guy? But like you said, if you watch him, then you've got digs wide open, haven't you? So it's, yeah, it was very much pick your poison. But I mean, it's, I mean, fair play to Gabriel Davis. He was phenomenal on, on that night. Another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, we saw Tyreek Hill on punt return duties as well. We did. It was magnificent, especially that one where um, he, he took the punt return and he, he, he had three players bearing down on him. And the next thing you see is Hill is on the other side of them and there was three Bills guys just in a hump, in, 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 mm-hmm. in like an absolute, you know, hump on the, in the middle of the field. Just yeah. he'd left them for dead. He really had left yeah. them for the dead. Um, and I just wondered why at that situation. I mean, I know we needed something to happen, but... Why in that situation did we put Tyreek Hill back on punt return? Because of the level of the importance of the situation. Yeah. I think we saw it We saw it a couple of years ago, didn't we, in um, the Houston Texans game, that infamous Texans game, when we were 20, when we were 14 points down, they yeah. put Tyreek Hill back there because they thought it was necessary to get a good a return and give some life to this Chiefs team. Yeah. Obviously, that backfired. He fumbled the, uh, fumbled the punt and they scored a touchdown two seconds later. But... Um, I just think it was this the magnitude of of the day. Of the they moment, needed yeah. some they 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 thought we've got an opportunity here to score a big return and it worked. I thought it was funny because obviously that was a replay of the the first down, uh the, the initial fourth down. Obviously, he he had a punt return and it got called back. And I actually yeah. said to you at the time, I said, This is gonna be like the Raiders game. Do you remember <laughs> when where in 2017? Well, I think it was. Yeah. When the Raiders punted to him. He had a big return. He got called back. Yeah. And they had to replay the down. And then the next thing you know, Tyreek Hill's in the end zone on the second return. And I thought that might happen again because... Nearly did. Tyreek Hill's got unlimited stamina, it seems. And it almost did. That was so close. Like, fair play to the uh, the punter, making a hell of a play on Tyreek Hill. Like, you, yeah. Tyreek Hill versus the punter. You'd fancy Tyreek Hill, but fair play to the punter. My problem, though, was not that. 
that was excellent. It was the ensuing three plays afterwards. Mm. Jarrett McKinnon run, Jarrett McKinnon run, mm-hmm. Blake Bell running the option with Jarrett McKinnon. Patrick Mahomes doesn't get a single opportunity to pass the ball when we're so deep into the Bills' um, territory. And next thing you know, Harrison Butker's out on the field kicking a field goal. And we didn't get to really extend our lead to the point we wanted to. We we ended up having a five-point lead as opposed to a nine-point lead that was on that was potentially on the card. We we had an opportunity there to open up a two-possession lead. And for whatever reason, Andy Reid just got cute. He likes and... to try and run the clock down it, whenever a chance he gets. That's the thing. No, yeah, but the clock wasn't important. We know the clock wasn't a factor at this no, point. No, no, but he tries to it get was... as much as he can off. That's the problem. Yeah, no, I just, I just didn't get it. And it's one of those talking points that would be at the start of our show had we lost that game. Yeah. Because I truly believe, and there's, I'm sorry to go a bit negative because obviously Sunday was so positive and such a great day in our history. But let's not hide the fact that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill saved Andy Reid from getting a hell of a lot of crap on Sunday night. Yeah. Because... Some questionable moments, wasn't it? He coached a really bad fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Like a really bad fourth quarter. There was the punt from the Bills 46 when I think it was four from four and we punted to gain like 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't understand that decision. It's like now two weeks in a row that we've done that. And I know he traditionally does punt from that type of position, but come on, like possessions mattered in that game. Like you have an opportunity, like does the 30 yards really matter to, to the Bills? No, probably not. But keeping the ball does matter. So that that was an infuriating decision. And then obviously you've got that drive we just talked about, the, the, the Blake Bell one. And had the Chiefs lost that game, those two drives in particular would have come back on Andy Reid because they were yeah. both his fault. Uh, but for just getting too cute and not being aggressive enough, like mm-hmm. you've got the greatest player in the world who is having the type of game which makes him unstoppable. Yeah. And you're not using him. And so Andy Reid, I hope, I really hope that he went up, up to Pat after the game and thanked him because the, the conversations what we would be having right now would be entirely different had Patrick Mahomes not been Patrick Mahomes. Well, you were saying this during our call because we were both Zoom calling, weren't we, while we were watching the uh, the game. And you mentioned about the Chiefs. There was a, there was a couple of occasions there where it, it was fourth and short a few times, wasn't it? A couple of times, I think it was. And we were both saying, just go for it. Just go, mm-hmm. just just do it. Just go for it. I mean, it's such a tight game, and you know the Bills yeah. are going to do that anyway. Yeah, go for it. If it's fourth and two, go for it. Um, yeah. And he never really had that that thought in his mind. I think it was just no. Let's just let's give the ball back to them, and we'll 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 sort it out with the defense or something. But yeah, live to fight another day. Yeah, I just like him to just now and again just go. Do you know what? Let's let's just surprise him. Let's just go for it on fourth down and just see what. Imagine, happens. imagine how unbeatable this team would be. If we played with the same attitude that teams play against us, exactly. It would like, be... Imagine if we went. Imagine if we went for two points all the time. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if we went for fourth downs all the time. It this, might not this always offense, work, but no. But majority of time over a would... course of time, over the course of the game, you would fancy the Chiefs to score more points than they would mm-hmm. ordinarily, now, especially the two-point conversation. Yeah. Now that's a conversation we genuinely need to have mm-hmm. because 
Harrison Butker can miss field goals. I'm fine with him missing field goals. It, it is what it is. But the extra points are unforgivable. And what I saw, he's missed, what, seven or eight now this season? Yeah. And this is a conversation we were having last year. And I think it was a conversation we were having the year before that. It's been going on too long now. We like mixed extra, like that missed, missed extra points almost cost us games. Yeah. And they haven't cost us yet. But why aren't we now in a position as a team where we just say, sod, sod the extra point? We've got Patrick Mahomes. Hey, Let's really? just go for two. We only have we only have to make one out of two to make it viable. Yeah. And any more than that is a plus. So why not just go for two every single time? Mm-hmm. Really put the hammer down. Like show the opposing teams. Like we are here to score as many points as we possibly can. Yeah. And it might it might alter their thinking too. They might become ultra aggressive as well, which is fine because other teams don't have Patrick Mahomes. Our, our success rate on going for fourth downs and two point conversions should be higher than other teams because we are a higher quality offense. Mm-hmm. So why not do it? Why not force the other teams into these terrible decisions and into these awkward positions that they don't want to be in? Yeah. Why not just do it, Andy Reid? Well, like, like you're saying, Teams feel as though they have to do that to keep pace with the Chiefs. Yeah. But like you're saying, if you flip that over and say, right, okay, then we're going to start scoring two-point conversions, the pressure straight away, I mean, at first, you know, if the Chiefs get a first touchdown and they score the two-point conversion, straight away those teams are going to be really deflated by going, oh, my God, these guys are really going to go for it. And yeah. There's nothing else we can do. We can't score any more points on a drive. We have to go for it, for, for the full eight yeah. points. There's nothing else we can do. And that's just going to deflate teams to do, you know, to, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it's just going to deflate them even more. For sure, for sure. And like, like, it was the only negative I really had about Sunday. We can talk about the defence, but they were so undermanned. I'm not being funny. On that final uh, Bills touchdown, Dorian Daniel was on the field. So that, mm-hmm. that goes to show everything, like how undermanned Matthews. they were um, in the defensive secondary with Fenton and Matthew being out. So yeah. we can pick on that. We can talk about Spags, but let's just give the Bills credit in terms of how good they were offensively on that one. But the, the things that they can control, the Chiefs, especially on the offensive side, mm-hmm. were just a little bit too timid for me when it comes to Andy Reid and some of the decision-making in the game management. Yeah. Let's tie this up with the uh, what we thought at the time was probably going to be the killer blow, the, the, you know, the fourth touchdown from Davis. With only 13 seconds remaining, I mean, no earthly being can come back from what from from 13 seconds, can they? They can't come back from that with only 13 seconds left on the clock. No earthly being at all can do that, <laughs> except the Grim Reaper himself, Patrick Lavon Effin Mahomes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that 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 last that last drive was. We've all seen the videos now of of what Kelsey and and Mahomes did in that drive where they altered the play. And it's something that is definitely going to be considered as one of the best kind of audibles um, we've ever seen. And it's strange to say that because it effectively was just a a, a go route, wasn't it, for Kelsey? It was just literally up the seam, go route, straight on. But he changed it because he he recognised that the the Bills were, were covering the sidelines. Yeah, they cover, yeah. They were, I mean, you know, as you would, you know, if you're in that situation, you would cover the sidelines. But I disagree with you on that one. But yeah, go on. But we would. I mean, if you've got like eight seconds left, which I think was left at the time, wasn't it? Eight seconds yeah. on the clock. Then you would, 
well, saying that, the Chiefs still we had, had timeouts. Well, still had timeouts, didn't they? Exactly. So, yeah, so what understand. was the point in covering the sideline? Yeah. If you've got timeouts, why the Bills just didn't play defense <laughs> is beyond me. They played prevent, like, didn't they? Yeah. Like, why didn't they just play cover two? Yeah. Or like they've got two all pro safeties. Why didn't they just send them two back and then trust? the other nine guys to get something done. Mm. Why haven't they got anyone at the line of scrimmage bumping any of the Chiefs receivers? Why are they allowing these huge gaping holes that we all could see, I think? I think we could all see that path to to (laughs) success. Like, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but you could see that the Bills' defence wasn't exactly aligned very well there there were opportunities there and if we can see it Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey certainly can see it like Travis talking about like how that wasn't the route it was called fair play like he recognized the weakness in the defense on the play before and thought right let's exploit this and let's if you've watched Damanov Oloski his breakdown of it and he's talking about how Patrick Mahomes managed to hold Matt Milano into the middle of the field to, to create an even bigger space. It's a, it's a hell of a breakdown. Mm. But at the same time, you're you're watching, you're thinking, actually, that's not nothing particularly special. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's not great. It's like it's it's good. And like obviously, you have to have the right mindset and whatnot, and the calmness to execute and to be able to recognize and execute it. But in terms of physically what it demands it wasn't a tough play it wasn't exactly a hard throw for Mahomes it wasn't exactly a hard route for Travis Kelsey for whatever reason the Bills just decided to actually oh, here you go here you go boys have this have some field you, you, you want you want 20 you want 25 yards you want to give Harrison Butker a 48 yard field goal here you go that's basically what the Bills were, were doing it was just it was the biggest brain fart I can ever remember <laughs> From a defensive coordinator. Actually, no. Actually, no. The biggest brain fart I can ever remember from a defensive coordinator was Steve Spagnolo blitzing on third and 27. But we'll get to that one later. But um, yeah, but the Bills and so I just I just don't get it. I, I thought, what are you doing? Like you're you're already dealing with clutch performers and you've just made their life so much easier. It's it was strange to see, especially with the the, the caliber of this defense as well and how well they played all season yeah. to to do that. And it's it's almost like they've never been in that situation before. It's weird. It was so yeah. weird how they, how it all came about. But just hearing "Do it, Kels, do it, do it, yeah. do it, Kels." <laughs> I can't wait for all the t t shirts to be made from like yeah. Dad Bod Tees and Cheese Kingdom and all these do people. They're gonna say "Do it, Kels," and like <laughs> I'll, I'll probably buy one, and everyone in England England will be thinking, "Why has he got such a rude t shirt?" Do it, Kels. <laughs> <laughs> But um, just to cover this off and square it all off before we move on and, and, and go to a, an ad break, um, Holmes to Kelsey in the overtime win. I mean, um, they're unstoppable. The, the, this Chiefs team, we knew as soon as that coin was flipped and the Chiefs had the ball, the yeah, Chiefs were going to win that game. Yeah. Um, and it was it was destined to be, wasn't it? And it just seemed flawless. It just seemed completely flawless from uh, great players. Mahomes mm-hmm. and Kelsey, um, as and McCall Hardman, and McCall Hardman, yeah, exactly. But it was, <laughs> it was again the the experience that they've got in these situations just this counts, and you can see yeah. clearly that the experience has gained from over the years of some of the heartaches that they've had, and this was without a doubt, you know, I think experience kind of 
won it overall, I think. Fair to say. Yeah, it was kind of bread and it was bread and butter for them, really, wasn't it? Because like yeah. Mahomes obviously lost his first ever overtime game, but since then he's won four in a row. And like you, when we won the coin toss, it was like, oh, okay, well, we've won this game. Because at that <laughs> point, no, none of the defenses were stopping either offense no. and yes we can go into the overtime rules and people can complain and whatnot well guess what i don't care about the overtime rules and anyone moaning about the overtime rules can just go and do one the yeah. nfl had their opportunity to change the uh, the overtime yeah. rules in 2018 we come out and said they were unfair and most of the owners said no, we're keeping them as they're, they're as they are. You're so just crying about it because you lost. You're just crying exactly. about it because you lost. And we kept them the, the way they were, and the Chiefs have benefited from it. So <laughs> I don't want to hear anyone moaning about. It. I don't want to hear any Bills fans saying, "Oh, Josh Allen should have had the ball." Well, you should have changed the rules in 2018. Then no, so, no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's right, don't come crying to me, okay? <laughs> I like. I just. I've, I've seen too much of it on Monday and Tuesday. There's a lot I've of it done, around, though. Isn't I'm there? just done with the conversation, and I'm sure there was plenty of it in 2018 as well, because Mahomes was the hot new thing. Uh, everyone had had Brady fatigue at that point, yeah. and so everyone was on the chief side of that argument. And I'm sure it's what a lot of NFL fans are like at the moment. There's a bit of Mahomes fatigue, so everyone wanted the Bills to win. They were the plucky team. They wanted Josh Allen to get it. So that's how they feel. They've essentially become the 2018 Chiefs mm. in that regard. But I don't care. I really do not care for that conversation anymore. You had your chance. You've blown it. Had you voted for it, you would have had an opportunity to score back on us, but you didn't. Play some defense. Yeah. You couldn't do that. Patrick Mahomes had one player to target on that game winner, and he targeted Travis Kelsey because he was covered by the only Bills defender that had his back turned to Patrick Mahomes. So instantly, Patrick Mahomes picked on Matt Milano, and next thing you know, Travis Kelsey's got that ball in the end zone. What I don't appreciate is the referees in CBS trying to drag out my excitement a little bit by going to review and it was so obvious that he'd scored a touchdown. Even Tony Romo, your mate, was saying it, wasn't he? Yeah. He's <laughs> trying his hardest not to give a touchdown. Like, Shut up, Tony. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. <laughs> right then, after that, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be looking at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. Okay, straight back into the Arrowhead Pride power rankings, which we do every week. Well, mostly every week <laughs> when Tom's done them. Um, top four, mate. We're going to do the top four because no other team matters at the moment, do they? 
No, I apologise to anyone that believes that we should include the Bills in the top four, but it's the rules of the rankings. <laughs> the top four have to be the teams that are still in contention of the uh, in contention for the Lombardi. So sorry, Bills, you were fifth. You probably should have been second, but you were fifth. Um, in fourth, the San Francisco 49ers. Fair Simple one. factor, Jimmy G. For as good as that team is, Jimmy G's a problem. That's, so, oh, that's that's a bit unfair on Jimmy G, isn't it? Um, yeah. Did you watch Saturday night's game? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G, and the 49ers and fourth um, in third this weekend's opponents, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, a good team, but just probably a, a tier below the next two. Um, in second, the LA Rams. Phenomenal defense, an offense that looks exciting and uh, explosive at times. And then number one, the Kansas City Chiefs, the most complete team in football at the moment. Um, by far and away, the Super Bowl favourites, and rightly so. Anything less than the Super Bowl win now will be seen as a disappointment. Um, I know you could yeah. you say at the start of the season, maybe an AFC Championship appearance or a Super Bowl appearance would do. But I think for this team now, given the four teams that are left, anything less than winning the Super Bowl would be classed as a bust. God, can you remember the, the days when we had the Chiefs like 13th or something like that in the power rankings? 15th, they got to. 15th. Yeah. God, remember those days, mate? Yeah, it's, it's funny, actually. One of the commenters on Arrowhead Pride has asked that we plot next year um, where the Chiefs have been throughout the season and uh, more, uh, specifically the contributors themselves as well and where they rank um, them. And I think we're going to look into doing that next year with the Chiefs because I know personally that I had the Chiefs extremely low at one point. I think I had them personally as low as 19th. Oh and um, <laughs> yes, <yeah>, so... <laughs> is that another apology coming, is it? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I can't remember what game it was. It wasn't after the Titans. I think it was later than that. Actually, it might have been after the Titans game. I'm not too sure, but I was really down in the dumps. Well, you know, yeah. I was re- really quite depressed about this season at one point. Yeah. Um, but here we are three months later and they're back at number one. It's crazy to think where they were and where they are now. It really is. But imagine the America's game when we win oh. the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, you, you, you flip right over onto that bandwagon now. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The Chiefs are beating the Bengals on Sunday. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Yeah, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl in three weeks' time or uh, two and a half weeks' time. Yeah. Like... The, what do you do? What like if you are if you're the producer for NFL films and you have to go through and put together clips for this season? Surely, like you need ten minutes for the Bills game on its own. Like, well, yeah, yeah. What like well, what like how do they possibly condense this down to a 45, 50 minute episode? You just the, the the amount of material they've got to use, yeah, from this season and in the playoffs. I agree. I mean, you'd have to do at least, uh, I don't know, four, four and a half hour show, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not just do a series? Like an entire series. American game. <laughs> yeah. An America's Game series just for this one season. Yeah, because I don't think you could actually translate a, a, a fair reflection of the magnitude of what's going on this season. Yeah. Because it has been a crazy season as well, hasn't it? Looking at you know, yeah, the, yeah, the entirety yeah. of the season, not just the Chiefs, but the entirety of it all. Um, and, and to have the playoffs... Well, the divisional weekend that we've just had as well. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, I just hope that the next couple of games are going to be just as fun, you know. So, yeah. would you um would you put your your hat in the ring to uh, narrate it? So you got Paul Rudd last time, and then you next time, yeah. I, I would, I would, yeah, I would, I would consider it. <laughs> <laughs> 
speak to my agent. I need to get an agent, but speak to my agent. <laughs> Do you think that anybody will understand my accent though on America's game? They'll be like, who's this guy? Where did they go pick him up from? <laughs> Just turning the subtitles on immediately. <laughs> the subtitles are going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got someone doing sign language in the corner, just with their arms up, shoulders up. It's like... <laughs> Just standing there shrugging the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what he's saying. All right, let's get on to the next game. The Bengals. This is the fourth consecutive AFC championship game held at Arrowhead. And what better way to do it? The Bengals coming in, um, coming into our house this time and facing the greatest player and the Grim Reaper that is the is the keeper of souls, the taker of souls. What better way to do it against Joe Burrow, who is clearly on a high, clearly yeah. on a high from uh, the, the amazing run. Fair play to them. They have had an amazing run so far this year. But this is where it ends for me. This is where it ends. The previous game against the Titans. Now, uh, I had a look at that before, before we came, we came on air. And uh, yeah, the Titans were the one seed. But to me, I always, I always said about the one seed, it's, it's good to have, and it's good to have that bye week, but it's really it's really difficult to kind of ignite the engine a little bit more. We saw it as well with, with the Packers, didn't we? They yeah. lost they lost in the NFC, and they had the bye week. And is it is it really worth having the bye week? Because you do Absolutely. lose a lot of momentum, though, don't you? Yes and no, but you also get an opportunity to get your guys back. I think you're reading too much into... Um, the the thing as a whole, um, yeah. like saying, oh, is it worth it? When really you just need to look at the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, and that was the problem yeah. for the Titans. It wasn't it wasn't the, the fact that no one else turned up. The rest of the Titans team played quite well. Derek Henry was okay, but the Titans defensive line was phenomenal. They got to Joe Burrow nine times. Mm. AJ Brown was very good. The problem was was Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. That's why you're sitting here saying, oh, well, does the buy matter? Yes, of course it matters. I want the Chiefs to have the buy every single year. And we just deal with the professionalism side of things and the motivation and the preparation side of it afterwards. That, that's not an issue for me. The, pro- the problem the Titans had is just that they just have a terrible quarterback and they had they were playing against a defense that was extremely opportunistic. Like the Bengals defensively were very good on Saturday offensively they had their struggles but defensively they were very good they were in and around the ball a lot and we saw them do this in the second half against the Chiefs the Chiefs remember when in week 16 when we played them Mm. was it 17 the the Chiefs battered the Bengals in the first half yeah like this this game should have been over by the end of the first half but then the second half the Chiefs were so bad offensively and the the Bengals were very good defensively Mm. and this performance from the Bengals on Saturday kind of reminded me of their performance in the second half against the Chiefs. Yeah. So they've obviously found the way that they want to, to play defensively, attack the ball, bodies to the ball, and try and force turnovers. And it's not a bad tactic to go by. Mm. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them on Saturday because I don't feel like the Bengals, or Sunday rather, I don't feel like the Bengals are going to be able to 
score as many points against the Chiefs as they did last time. That's they struggled on Saturday with mm-hmm. the Titans defensive line, nine sacks. How they survived that game is beyond me. Like they deserve all the praise in the world for surviving a game where they conceded nine sacks. But the Chiefs defensive line is going to get theirs as well on mm-hmm. Sunday. They did do well against Joe Burrow in the first half of that game. They got pressure throughout, but they converted them more in the first half. I feel like this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, the Chiefs are going to try and adopt a similar approach to the Titans, a more sustained four-man rush, four-man pressures, and drop guys into coverage and start giving help to their cornerbacks, which is what they did not do first time around. They left their guys on an island, and they said, try and win one-on-one against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. It didn't work. Jamar Chase absolutely destroyed them. I just don't see how it is possible that Steve Spagnuolo goes into this Sunday and goes, I tell you what, let's go with the same defensive plan that we went with in week 17. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. The Chiefs offense has had the highest amount of success they're ever going to have against this um, Chiefs defense. I'll be surprised if they ever get sort of to the high 30s, mid 30s ever against against them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the, the Titans game was very much hit and miss, wasn't it? It It wasn't the standard or the level of play that you would expect, like we saw from the Bills and the Chiefs game, where it was just... High, high octane offense. There was, I mean, fair play. They, they, they did make some turnovers from Tannehill, which um, were, were quite game changing. But I still think the Titans just didn't look, they didn't look settled. They didn't look right. They didn't look like as though they were up for the game. And like you said, Henry was, Henry was one of those who they rushed him back. They rushed him back for this game. And he was, he was good. He made some good runs, but he didn't look the same. And it, it almost felt like the this game came at the wrong time for the Titans. So what's what like obviously when this isn't a Titans Bengals podcast. No. But what, what point are you trying to make here specifically in relation to the Bengals? Are you saying that the the Titans just kind of like laid down and it was too easy for the Bengals and maybe we should be more confident because the Bengals only won by a last minute field goal? I yeah, I think if the Bengals played anybody else, I think they probably wouldn't have made it through. Wow. That's what, I, that's what I'm, uh, yeah, that's what I believe there because I don't think the Titans were on full power there. I just really don't think that it was the same Titans team that we'd seen all season. Um, and the Bengals, yeah, you make your own look and you get your own interceptions and your own turnovers, but I didn't see an awful lot from the offensive side, which would really give the Chiefs any worries. I, I really don't. I, I don't, I can't see it. Other yeah, than Jamar Chase. <laughs> As I said, I mean, it comes entirely down to Steve Spagnolo yeah. and what he believes is the right way to attack this game. He can't go into this game with the same plan as Week 17. He just can't because no. Burrow will see Chase versus Ward and think, right, here we go again. Mismatch. Let's exploit that. Let's, let's go again. It's, it, it, it's just not going to happen. The big thing, I suppose, is what the offense, the Chiefs offense can do in relation to mm. the Chiefs defensive output. If the Chiefs concede less than 24 points, you fancy the Chiefs to score more than 24 against this Bengals defense, surely? Like they just scored 42 oh, yeah. against the number one ranked defense in all Oh yeah, football. I've got them scoring higher than that. Yeah, for sure. So what was the score in the last one? What? 34-31, the Bengals beat the Chiefs? Yeah. And think about how much help the Bengals had in that particular game. Yeah. Not just from the fact that Steve Spagnolo refused to double up Jamar Chase. Not from the fact that the referees were really, really bad. But the Chiefs 
in general were bad. Like the Chiefs were bad themselves. The coaching performance in the, the last few minutes of that game was horrendous. Not letting the Bengals score, not going for it on fourth downs, punting to get the ball back, not giving Mahomes a, an opportunity to go on and win the game. Like just there were so many mishaps from the Chiefs and the refs in that game mm. that it was heavily swayed towards a Bengals victory anyway. And I just don't see how the Chiefs in their own building and experienced well-drilled, battled-hardened playoff team like the Chiefs can make those sort of mistakes again against a really young, aggressive, but inexperienced team like the Bengals. Like, if you're the Bengals, you need to go into this game with just a, well, you only live once, we got her anyway, we might as well just go for it type of attitude. Because that's probably two-point conversions. Yeah, because it's probably (laughs) the only way you're going to beat this team. If you're going to try and go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in the sense of, oh, we're going to play our game. Mm. It's not going to work because the Chiefs just aren't going to be as bad as they were in week 17. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you are saying about Spags probably having a look at changing the uh, the defence, which he will have to do, like you said, like you've mentioned. He will have to lo- do that because of, of how it played out last time. The problem I've got is is Joe Mixon will feed off this. Um, if, he, if, he's, if he's getting through a, um, a, def- a defensive line of four and yeah. we're sitting deep, He's going to find a few few of those holes. Probably not as much, but he's 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 going to be a bit more um, involved than what he was last time. I would say. Well, when was the last time like a run heavy team beat the Chiefs? Yeah. Like, when was the last time that a team could just lean on the run to beat the Chiefs? It's it's, it's not going to happen. Like, I I don't fear Joe Mixon at all. You know, Joe Mixon's Joe Mixon's a great running back, but he doesn't possess the fear factor of like a Derek Henry, a Jonathan Taylor, or like a Christian McCaffrey. He's not a type of running back that you. You need to game plan around. Like the, if you're Steve Spagnuolo, you're game planning around stopping those receivers, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and how do you get pressure on Joe Burrow? That's that's what you're game planning around. If if Joe Mixon does get his, yeah, fine. He might get a few yards. He might get the odd touchdown. But is that going to be enough for the Bengals to score enough points to keep up with the Chiefs? Probably not, because as soon as they get down to the red zone, everything's going to shorten up. It's going to be much harder for them to run the football and he's going to become ineffective. And plus, we've got this guy called Nick Bolton who just seems to be making play after play in the backfield at the moment and stopping running backs at will. I'm not worried about Joe. I'm not worried about Joe Mixon. You shouldn't be anyway. You know, when you tell me he's your one to watch, isn't he? Other than what we've just mentioned, how do the Bengals beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game? After seeing what I've with seen in the last perform- game. With a repeat performance of Week 17 from all parties involved. What, when Jamar the Chiefs Chase were poor? Electric, <laughs> the Chiefs to be awful, and the refs to call the Chiefs for penalties that were probably unwarranted. Like, it was the perfect storm for the Bengals in Week 17. Yeah. And they probably need a repeat performance from all three sides for them to win in, win in our head. I, I, I don't want to come across as cocky, but I'm going to come across as cocky, I suppose. Yeah. But I'm, I'm supremely confident in this team right now. Yeah. After sun, what I saw on Sunday. Yeah. Last week I picked against the Chiefs, but I thought the Bills had an excellent chance and they were 13 seconds away from it, but mm-hmm. the Bills are not the Bengals. Rather, sorry, the Bengals are not the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Bills are a far superior team to the Bengals. And I look at this and I see the Chiefs of one foot 
in the Super Bowl already. The Chiefs won't see it like that because the Chiefs are like the ultimate competitors. They're so experienced. They they take it one day at a time. That's what they do. Yeah. But as fans, as podcasters, we're allowed to be confident. We're allowed to be overconfident. If we lose, we have to suffer the consequences. If people want to keep their receipts and uh, send us to freezing cold takes, then so be it. <laughs> but as fans, we're allowed to be confident. And right now, my confidence level in this team is at 100%. And I'm sitting here already thinking of what I'm going to do for the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah, are we, go- are we going? Are we going to LA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're arranging it now. Or not? <laughs> Let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx anything, Tom. Let's not do that. Um <laughs> Predictions for this game. I've actually gone for a quite a comfortable Chiefs 38, Bengals 14. Chiefs 35, Bengals 24. Oh, okay. Yeah, this team aren't losing on Sunday. No. They're, after, they're not after the victory that we just had against the Bills, no way. Like, it would be unforgivable to lose on Sunday. Yeah. In fact, I think it would be the biggest failure of Patrick Mahomes' career so far if we lose on Sunday. I because would possibly agree with that, yes. Even though the Bengals do have those wonderful uniforms, those wonderful white uniforms. Oh, you going to be about the uniform. They are the best. They are the best uniforms in football. Those white Bengals jerseys are wonderful, and I cannot wait to see them grace the Arrowhead turf. But um, <laughs> even without, even with their superstar look, the Bengals are just not on the Chiefs level. They're good. They are very good and they are deserving of where they are right now. To to win two playoff games is not an easy feat for them to win the division for the first time in God knows how long. Well done, Bengals. Excellent season. You will see this season as a success regardless of what happened yep. happens this upcoming Sunday. But the journey ends now. The journey does end now. You're coming against a team that is just far superior more experience, more complete, more ready for the moment. They're at home. It just, I just do not see a way in which the Bengals manage to overcome this Chiefs team the way they are at the moment, mm-hmm. especially with Fenton coming back, especially with Tyron Matthew coming back. Full week of practice. I just, I, I, I can only see a comfortable Chiefs victory. Can I just say as well, um, I mentioned this to you a few weeks back in a chat. And I said I had a dream. And the dream was that a team in the Super Bowl that was wearing all white were going to win it. I just hope it's not the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) I know the Chiefs have got all white as well. And, you know, um, whatever happens and whichever teams are in the Super Bowl, I will be betting on the team that is wearing all white. Purely for that, so dream. that would be the Rams or 49ers because I'm pretty sure the AFC's turned to wear home jerseys this year. Have they? So, yeah, so if the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl, they'll be wearing red and the Rams will be wearing their all whites at Ooh, home, right? So, maybe oh, that's if, not you're good. Mystic, if you're Mystic Meg Premonition, I hope I'm wrong, through, then um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right, before we get off, I just want to give a quick shout out to um, some of our reviewers. Uh, of the podcast because yeah. as promised Pete's meant to be reading these uh, reviews out on their podcast on the editor's show but he missed a couple out this week wonder why and they ha- yeah he missed a couple out and they happen to be ones that were pro us so uh, <laughs> so we'll I'm, shout I'm, from the rooftops ourselves yeah so I'm <laughs> going to do it myself so the first review is from Gonzo Rev um, from Canada and he said 
Hashtag great barrier chiefs. The great British chief show is the high point of my chiefs week. Greetings from the 55th parallel. Well, thank you, Gonzo Rev. That's lovely. Thank you very much for that review. And then the second one, this one's from T-Mob. Um, that's an interesting username. Yeah. Uh, it starts as this. The great British chief show is something special. Ooh. By far the best weekly podcast on the SB Nation network. The banter between Tom and Brad is second to none. Their ability to talk Chiefs football with a British tinge is fantastic. Brad is the classic fan who loves his team through and through and makes his predictions with emotions. That is spot on. That is spot on. Tom (laughs) and his far greater football knowledge (laughs) provides a greater depth to listen to on all things Chiefs. That's also spot on. Um, one little negative here. I only wish the che- the show was more than once a week. And when someone else fills in for either Brad or Tom on the show, like Rocky, it just isn't the same. Oh. Keep up the great work. Well, <laughs> you've done so well, T-Mob. <laughs> T-Mob, you've done so well. But why did you have to do our guy Rocky like that? Like, oh, we love Rocky. On. We love Rocky. We love it. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> team. Good Rocky. He's a real. Good I think lad. Brad. I think Brad and him mentioned something about a freeway or something like that a few years <laughs> ago. So um, yeah, um, yeah. No, we we love Rocky, and he will continue to be our stand-in when one of us can't make it. We almost didn't have me this week because I've got COVID. But um, yeah, it turns <laughs> yeah. out um, the the virus is scared of me anyway, and uh, it hasn't affected me. So uh, yeah, it's scared um, of Chuck Norris will... as well, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be seeing um, we'll be seeing Rocky again on this show regardless of what Team Mob said. Exactly. But thank you for the review anyway. They, like they were great reviews. Absolutely fantastic reviews. Please keep them all coming in because uh, we proof is in the pudding there. We we read every single one of them and we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just give a shout out actually to, as well to uh, a guy I've been chatting on Twitter. Uh, it's called Lance. Uh, Lance uh, Pufal, um, who he's the guy that designed that Patrick Mahomes shadow with the Grim oh, Reaper, the Reaper on one. It. The Reaper yeah. one. How good was that? I mean, mm-hmm. it was such a good thing. I mean, I know he's done um, he's done some wallpapers for everybody as well to to put on the phones. It's such a good picture, and it was really in keeping with what Andy Reid said at the end of the game, where he said, "If mm-hmm. if things get grim, be the Grim Reaper." And yeah. suddenly, it's just set off a whole wave of mm-hmm. euphoria about it, hasn't it? Um, there's even people telling me that they're going to be turning up to Arrowhead in a Grim Reaper costume. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. That would not surprise me. How many Grim Reapers are we going to see in Arrowhead? <laughs> if you do dress as a Grim Reaper and go to Arrowhead on Sunday, please tweet us at TomCharles56 yes. and at Chief UK. Uh, tweet us a picture. We want to see it. We'll see all the Reapers. Definitely. Right then. That's all we've got time for this week. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rate and review as we've just heard some great, great comments there. Um, Good or bad, we'll read them all. Don't worry, we will read them Mm -hmm. all. Um, You can check in with your boys from the kingdom every Wednesday here at Arrowhead Pride. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network for all your Chiefs news and game reactions. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another... We'll speak to you again soon.